Hello, welcome back to the Top Robbie Podcast. Peace and I got the two usual men in the studio, Harvey and Zach. Zach, good to have you back. We missed you last week. Yeah, it's good to be back. I just want to apologise um, to all the listeners out there who uh, missed my um, endless kind of meaningless rants. Um, apologise, mix up with the work route. I couldn't make it work this week, but um, I'm back this week and I'm excited to discuss the Lions. So I'm here. I'm back. You know, we got on well and I felt what we chatted about was kind of spot on. We said it'd be a big win to the Lions and... I just was sorry. Yeah, sorry, Tom. I just want to clarify that um, I wasn't pumpkin picking. <laughs> <laughs> any any hardcore listeners out there, you will all you'll all remember that. Um, yeah, apologies. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, that's when I. Sorry, Tom. If I interrupted you there, you can go on. No, rightly so. I missed the podcast to go pumpkin picking. Um, Barson. Well, we move. We move. We move. We're forgiving them for that. Back in Halloween. Forgive and forget. Literally not missed a pod since then. So yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Anyway. It's I know. It's pumpkin picking. So it's obviously Halloween for any listeners. You don't pumpkin pick it in last week, do you? But anyway, we'll get on to it. Um, we'll get on to Lions. And yeah, me and Harvey said it'd be a big win. We were expecting 50 60, and we got that big win. Um, I guess what we always do is we kind of try and pick out the players that we feel have put their name on the test jerseys. And I think I'm going to start with one man. I'm going to say it right now. You love, Zach, you love when I do this. Josh Adams is starting the first test. End of discussion. It, it, it's finished now. He He's on the jersey. He is wearing probably number 11. And that's done four tries, one against Japan. All really well taken tries. Well, a few of his last ones there were kind of just run overs, but he got to be in the right place at the right time. It's just more than that. Josh Allen's work right off the ball. Josh Allen's to get involved. His defense, he's got it all is in the air. Even a few good long kicks. Like for me, Josh Allen starts. I don't know what you think. Um, I mean, I think you're definitely right there, Telfin, saying it's more than just the four tries because Warren Gatlin, if we're going to get in Warren Gatlin's head, like he's not stupid. You know what I mean? He's not going to go, oh, wow, Josh Allen scored four tries and then he scored one against Kapan too. Here, I'm going to start him. Um, you know, he's, it's more complex than that. But you think it's, it's definitely his work rate off the ball, the type of winger that he is, the finisher that he is. Um, he's definitely in with a shot. I'm not yet prepared to say he is starting, that he has nailed down the 11 jersey. But he's definitely within a shot. Like, definitely. Um, I, I put it. it as, say the four say the four wingers are in like a grand national race right now. They've passed the final hurdle. Josh Adams is two and a half lengths ahead. Like he's well into starting, mm-hmm. but there's still a chance he could leg it. And then yeah. you never know. But I think... hamstring problem. You know. Yeah, but I, I'd like to agree with Telf and say that I think five tries in two games, no matter what your teams you're playing or whatever, having that... Like there's no doubt whatsoever, Adams gets the ball in that kind of position. There's only one result and there's only been one result this entire tour so far. Um and I think with Watson not quite being fit yet and not quite having the full, I know, you know, he's not had a full game yet. We'll see what he's like this weekend. Uh, Louis Samet looked good, but not as good as Adams. And Duhan literally only being able to play on the left and looking decent in the first game. We'll see what he can do this weekend again. Um, there's still plenty to play for, but I think Josh Adams, for me, I agree with Telf. I think he's nailed that starting spot so far. No, as you said, um, it's good as well because we've obviously got a midweek game and then we've got a game of the weekend. So we've got two games in a very short period of time. So a lot of chance to put put hands up. Um, but for me, it's I'm still going Watson Adams on the wings, and then it's a straight shot between Hogg and Williams at 15. And we'll obviously get into the preview for the game this week. Um, but Watson does need a big game because I feel all the wingers have well, all the wingers have scored. So they're they're doing what they should do, which is score tries, but for me, I just feel Louis Zamet, just looking at him, I know he scored, but I just think this tour has come one tour too early for him to start. I can just, yeah, there's no doubt that he's got gas. And I think, not that he got lucky in the Six Nations, but he was just in the right place at the right time a few times. Whereas you're seeing the class of Josh Adams and Josh Adams is in his prime right now. Whereas Louis Zamet is just starting off and he's still a world-class player will be a world-class player, but I just feel we're starting to see those wingers that have everything start to come to the fold here, and I think um, Zamet just needs to, I don't know, maybe his work rate off the ball. I don't really see him moving much 
away from that wing, whereas Adams is popping up everywhere. But do you think that, Talf, do you think that, so like what you're basically saying, reading between the lines, one of the main things you're saying there is that Adams has more experience Uzama is it's 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 a tour too early, which I I I think you're onto something there. But then, do you think then? So obviously, Lions test games are being well, all the ten games are playing, not being played in front of fans. Do you think then experience matters more or matters less? Because that that is a factor that's going to come into the decision, especially with Louis Rizamet, uh, because he doesn't have the experience. Well, then neither does Dean Van der Merler. To be fair. But like compared to a Josh Adams and Andy Anthony Watson, especially Anthony Watson, who um was a fantastic player on the on the twenty seventeen tour, does experience matter more or less essentially in, in the, the current climate? It was a freak six nations, and that's why it was a perfect signation to throw in Louis Zamet when it was behind closed doors and he got on well and obviously it's behind closed doors again. But playing at World Cups. And that experience where you have a whole nation behind you and the hype starts to build, that's a bit like what Lions Tour is like. And obviously Josh Adams was top try scorer in the World Cup, which, again, can't be forgotten about. Like, he does just score tries. If you actually look at his record, it is actually insane. So I do feel Zawit maybe needs to get a World Cup in him. Be but, top try the World Cup and then next, yeah. next uh, if he can do it all. To give, you, to give you an idea of how young Louis Summit is, for example... He's the youngest Lions try scorer since Keith Ga- Keith Jarrett in 1968. <laughs> that shows you how young Louis Rissam is. Say to me, what else do you want me to do? Tough, I've scored, scored on my Lions debut at 20. Like, and I know Louis. I'm sorry, but I'm. I'm just but, saying, but my, I'm, I'm going to defend him a bit here. Everything experience is everything. He's a Keith Earls in 2009. That's what I think. Obviously, he's playing better than Keith Earls in 2009, but. But, but my thing is, it's different because South Africa, especially playing in front of fans, like at 2009, it's, it's, it's a hostile environment. Multiple players have come out uh, talking about that, the 2009, just how hostile it was. But there's no fans, so it's not as hostile. So one thing is, I think experience matters less on this tour. Maybe it doesn't, maybe it's the complete opposite. But that for me then, like kind of, you know, Louis Rissam is more of a shout because there's no fans. I think Louis um, Summit is certainly good enough to play in this tour. Certainly good enough. Um, but I think we've mentioned it loads of times before. The the amount of talent in these wingers is a joke. Yeah, and I think with Josh Adams, how well he started and how natural he looks in that Lions jersey. Um, I'm pretty sure this is his first Lions tour, is it not? Like he literally looks like he's been do- he's doing four of them. Like it's a joke. Um, and then. I think if Watson really comes out there, looks free, looks agile, looks mobile this this Wednesday or whenever it is, um, I think, unfortunately, Lewis Hammett might just miss out on the first start. But there's no doubt that he could feature. And who's to say there's not going to be an injury? It's an attritional game at the end of the day. And I would not be worried at all if I saw Lewis Hammett start. Not at all. Yeah, I think I think that's the key there. Like, I'm, I'm totally fine with them starting. Because it's basically between him and Anthony Watson, 5-14 jersey. Um, and you never know, you never know, but yeah, no, I, I agree with that one. I think, I think Watson, as we said, needs a big game. Um, someone did have a big game, Hamish Watson. Um, has Hamish Watson put to bed? Twitter absolutely goes off on this. All these quotes about Hamish Watson's not big enough to play South Africa. Has that been put to bed? Harvey, you're, we, we've you're all it. seen the We've all seen the clip. Well, I've seen it certainly. I watched watching it in the game at the time when he's just picked up that South African lad and just dumped him. Like it did. Like I think ball was out of play at that point anyway, and they brought it back. But they he absolutely dumped someone. Like there's absolutely, and you see with his try as well. It's just a pure physical matchup. Pretty much him versus you know one on one with the defender. He absolutely pummels him, flies right past him from like almost a standstill as well. You don't do that unless you've got raw power, and then gets over for the try. Like. I don't know what more he needs to do to express his physicality. He's as physical as it comes. Like he, he, and he's a prime example of, you know, don't judge a book by its cover because he might not be as big of a build as some of the other, some of the other back rowers out there, but he's an absolute pit bull and he's a perfect, perfect option um, for the Lions. And I think it worries me because I can see a team without Tom Curry starting, which to me is beyond me because I don't think he's ever put a foot wrong really. But when you're looking at the form Hamish Watson's in, the confidence he looks like he's got, gets man the match in this game, in his first game for the Lions, and coming back from a concussion as well, like, the man's a beast. The man's yeah. a beast, and you've got to respect that. 
I think I'm the same way. I think going back to your original analogy, Gabe Harvey, that if it's a race, I think Hamish Watson's definitely in the lead claiming that seven jersey. Tom Curry needs a big game this on, on Wednesday here to really, really stake a claim. But um, I think... They, will. Yeah, I, they all do. They all do. They all do, and that's that's for us as fans. It's amazing to watch. It must break Warren Gatlin and the boys like trying to pick a team. <laughs> but for us, it, it's phenomenal the competitiveness, even like in such a weird tour and everything that else is going on. But you now Tom Tom Carini's a big game because Hamish Watson has, you know, passed on the bat and says, "Here, what can you do?" Um, so it's gonna be it'll be interesting. Now, Harvey, I'm not gonna steal this point because Harvey did say it to me during the game, but. Gatland in the first two games has played kind of that, that second rule that plays six. So he played Ty Byrne at six in the first game and then he's played Laws at six in the second game, which then means if he continues with that and then it's Laws v Ty Byrne, which it looks like it is for the sixth jersey, it's a straight shot between Curry and Hamish for the seven jersey. So, and that's not even putting Tipperick in. He's now out injured. Imagine Tipperick was still fully fit. Like it'd be mad who's getting that seven jersey. So I think it's it's fully up for grabs. Um, and again, we can't comment on Curry because he's not played yet. Do you think it's a real disadvantage, Zach, the, these boys that have played in the latter stages of the Prem? Like, they are coming in. And he said, Gatlin, before the tour, like, these boys are going to be behind the pace and they have to come in and get with the pace quickly. It is, especially if you lose in a semi. Like, it's, it's not even worth getting top four, is it? Because you didn't get to the Prem final, you didn't win the Prem, and now you're playing catch-up to get your Lions test jersey. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a freak year. Like it's just it's one of those things you just got to take it in your stride. I think as a player and just get on with it. Um, obviously, the extra boys, I think, are probably going to fail it the most, getting the whole way, basically being the best team in the Premiership. Maybe that's maybe debate with Bristol to then losing it in the final to a team that came fourth in the Prem, and you know, like that, like that, like that hurts a team that like is without like a director of rugby. I'm pretty sure or something. Um, that's gonna hurt to now like pick yourself up and go again for the Lions. Like I don't doubt Sam Simmons will pick himself up. He's an absolute animal. Um, I honestly, if I mean, I, discuss Sam Simmons yet in the back row. That sums it up. No, no, but like we, yeah, like we'll obviously get on to the team starting on Wednesday. But I'm telling you now, like, do not think that Toby Falatoy is just gonna walk into that eight jersey. I'm expecting a huge game for Sam Simmons. I think if you're you're Johnny Hill, you're Sam Simmons, and like, I think you just have to channel that disappointment and just that anger and just kind of take it out on the pitch and the opposition right? I don't think that the none of these games the Lions are going to be tested in terms of they're going to lose like they did in 2017 where New Zealand told the Lions that we're playing all our internationals and all our franchises whatever they call them in New Zealand South Africa haven't all the internationals are training we'll get on to obviously the Georgia game when South Africa put them away with ease so None of these South African teams are going to have their internationals. Most of the internationals don't even play in South Africa anyway. So I don't think the Lions will be tested. So the battle literally is between themselves. It's self-motivation yeah. now. It's not about trying it to is. win a game. It's trying to win your, win your test jersey. I guess the final guy I want to throw in there just to complete, I think three is a nice one every week to pick, was Jamie George. Mm. Arm of the darts. Nice little link play. And that should have had that, a try. Should have had a try. try that he bottled will haunt him because you don't get many <laughs> chances to score for the Lions. Um, and yeah, it's an interesting one. A lot of people wrote him off for that two jersey, but again, looks like he's the front runner with with that performance because he only played Ken Owens the way Ken Owens played against Japan. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Like I think with Jimmy George, he just he gives you that a uh, almost like ability that maybe a back row if you're going to keep it at the forwards would have just with his, his gameplay and, you know, you'd happily keep Jimmy George out on the wing just to have him there to draw the man to V1, put um, what like Zama away or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's that good with ball on hand. Um, and I think, I think you're right. Like in terms of the race, he's definitely leading that race. Like based, if you're going like for a, like, for like comparison, like he definitely is. He's beating Ken Owens to that, to that two jersey. I think with the hooker as well, um, it's important. Yeah, I think it's important as well with the hooker. We saw it again with Kelleher in the Ireland test. Like, you need the nuts and bolts as a hooker. You need it. Like, it just has to be a thing. And there's no doubt, like, I've seen the clip. um, I don't know if anyone else has seen it, kind of behind-the-scenes footage of British and Irish Lions um, on their TikTok, actually. And it was Jamie George lay over, like, a rolling ball. 
um, and just literally throwing squints in the air and catching them without moving. Like, they were just flying through his chest, like flying them right in the air as far, as hard as he could, spiraling it and just landing in his chest. Do it again, do it again. Did like 10 in a row without even having to move. Like that kind of ability. And when we talk, I know it's, you know, it's important to, to be exciting, to be a fun, but as a hooker, you're playing South Africa, who are the king of set pieces. You This needs to be something in our game that isn't like, you don't even doubt is going to work, which is why I think you're seeing players like Hendo get a start a lot, being captain for this test coming up. You're seeing people like Jamie George, who I think are going to feature a lot more. No doubt that Ken Owens is incredible at these kind of things as well. But Jamie George is just so solid when it comes to that. And with the scrum, the line out, it's going to be so influential against South Africa. And yeah. that's what we need, especially because they haven't been playing. And I think South Africa's game plan, which you probably see in more of these tests, is just to resort to the set pieces, resort to the stuff that doesn't require, you know, fluidity and match sharpness that they might be lacking as a team. Um, and if we can match them on that front, we could be seeing a really impressive, really impressive Lions tour this year. And I, I think know. people like Jamie George are the key to that. You're spot on. If anyone has a bit of free time, go and watch the Springbok highlights against Georgia because it's fair enough to say that it absolutely destroyed them at mall time and they will be looking to do that again. And I've seen one of the um, Springbok journalists tweeting that um, looking at this Lions scrum that he's not scared. And I was like, oh, fair enough, lad. <laughs> he thinks the Springbok scrum is going to send them to town, which it will be fully about the set piece. And it's things like that, to be honest. All three of us, we cannot talk about who the best scrummager is um, in terms of tight head, loose head. We don't have those expertise. Me and Zach were very flashy players. We, we weren't scrummagers. Uh, so <laughs> we'll have to get that advice elsewhere. But scrumming, line out, set piece, it's going to be everything. And you're going to have to have those nuts and bolts men in there that maybe aren't great around the park and don't get the highlight reels. But they're, they're key. Then just in terms of the game against the Sharks this week, for any listeners, I'm going to read out the team for you. And then we're going to talk about maybe who needs a big game. So, Liam Williams, 15. Straight shouting between him and Hogg, pretty much. Uh, Watson on the wing with Duyan van der Merve on the other wing. Dele at 13 with Bindiaki. Bigger 10, Gareth Davis, 9. Makamadopola, 1. Coyne Dickey, 2. Fagerson, 3. Henderson, captain. We'll get on to that. Uh, Adam Beard, well in, lad. You're going to make your debut for the Lions. Uh, Josh Navidi, well in lad. I think Beard and Navidi being in there just shows how much like it's all planned out who plays what game. The fact they're both in there. Um, Tom Curry seven, Sam Simmons eight, and then you've got Owen Sutherland, Furlong, Byrne, Coonan, Murray, Hogg, and Harris on the bench. Yeah, I think start from the top there. Um, who have you got in this Williams Hogg race at the minute? Hogg, I thought was outstanding. Um, to run 60 metres back or whatever it was and to chop that guy that got the intercept, the flanker from the Lions, and then get the turnover, like that that kind of hunger is exactly what Gatlin wants to see. And Gatlin giving Hog captain in that game at the weekend again, for me, um, one week I'll go Williams, one week I'll go Hog. Now back to Hog. I don't know what you're thinking. I think... Stuart Hogg for me, I've always, obviously, I've been back in Liam Williams um, this entire, you know, he's been my prediction for the starting starting Lions um, 15. And I think Stuart Hogg proved me wrong in a lot of ways in that test, because like you said, and we've said this before, even though these tests, you, you're right, they're not going to be as big a test as they have been against, for example, in the New Zealand tour. We're not going to get international level teams against us. It's going to be, a lot of these are going to be routes. Um so it's very important that everyone keeps their concentration and plays to the best of their ability and, you know, and plays like they're playing South Africa and Stuart Hogg doing exactly what you just mentioned there, Telf is a prime example of that. Um, it was cracking chop. He then got man on ball. He got over it. And I'm pretty sure he got the turnover in the end. Like it, it's so important doing that. Um, and I talk about Liam Williams being the bomb diffuser. That's bomb diffusing from Stuart Hogg. Um, I actually didn't think I saw as much of him offensively. But I think that's also partly to do with the way in which it's weird because Russell was at 10 and Hog 15, you were thinking, you know, these boys might link up like they do for Scotland, but there wasn't actually too much going through um, the the two of them. I think what was slightly different was, which I'd like to talk about a little bit is I was really inside, excited about the whole 12-10 system. So what they were actually doing was they were playing Farrell as first receiver and then 
Finn Russell was like kind of sat quarterback style, you know, be the maverick. And then if the play is on or if he can go back door, you give it to Russell and he does his magic. If not, Farrell just hits it up to a forward and you move on next phase. Um, I thought that was really interesting. And I think maybe it kind of missed Hogg a few times. Saw the little chip kick with um, Finn Russell when he put it onto Adams. I think Hogg was wide open at that point. Could have easily passed it, but obviously decided to go for the kick instead. Um, but no doubt defensively, Stuart Hogg was incredible. Um, and I think that's important to see. Very important. And you could honestly just see a rotation through the three tests. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, no, it's a traditional, like, could be Gareth Southgate-esque where you, you can't name the teams. It's it's just rotating. And you could be spot on there, Harvey. Maybe it isn't just a straight 23 for three games, especially against Farfrey. It's not going to be. So might be a kind of rotation job. All not Russell. I know Russell had some really nice touches, like for the crosser kick for the Adams try, which is vintage Russell. But again, he nearly got intercepted on his own try line. He kicked out think... the full about five minutes after that as well. We haven't learned anything about Russell. I think the only way Russell starts a test is if the Lions get destroyed in the first test, like properly destroyed, and they just go, right, let's scrap the script here. Russell at 10, Farrell at 12, and let's just play and get up wide, start Zamet, and then they just play ball. That's the only way I can see Russell forces went to test side because I just feel you can't afford to have any errors in you. And he has a couple, and I know he'll say, but I make seven points and I lose five points. But yeah, you need people that don't make mistakes. And I think Russell's couple of errors there might have cost him. Yeah, you're right. Like Finn Russell, for me, doesn't start. For me, I don't even, if he doesn't start, he's definitely not making the match 23. He just you could bring him on, Zach, and just I don't know. Him. Nah, if it's not working, then you and Farrell's playing starting 12, then you just bring you'd Russell have to start Farrell game. though because you need a kicker on the pitch, so you'd well, have to that, start Farrell that yeah, way. Yeah, you'd have to. This is, the, this is the thing like Finn Russell is not good from the boot. The only way Finn Russell is kind of like if Finn Russell starts, Farrell has to start, you know, like if Farrell, it's almost like Farrell's place in the starting team is contingent. On like Finn Russell, <laughs> I would I would rather Farrell start twelve, move into ten, and then you bring on say Bundiaki, or you bring on I don't know Elliot Daly or someone, and you switch know, up a little bit in like centers. Russell, I just do not rate him. Like I don't trust him. I just I trust Dan Bigger. I just don't trust Finn Russell. What about then, Zach? Dan Bigger this week or on Wednesday? Do you do you expect him again to put down the stamp? He did it against yeah, Japan. like he, he did it against Japan. He was man of the match against Japan, and I fully expect him again to just remind Finn Russell of his place that he. Is the one who's on the tackle bag and he's the one running at him. You know? I think it's I think it's also important as well, exactly what I just mentioned then about how we're playing teams who you're expecting to route, but you need to keep your mentality like you're playing South Africa. And mm. I'm not being, I know it's his whole facade of oh, I'll make a mistake and I'll laugh on camera because you know I'm a maverick and this is what I do and I'll make serve and lose five, like you said. But like kicking out in the full and then the camera comes on and he's actually smiling, joking, and laughing because you're 40 points up. Like I'm not being funny. He'll do the exact same thing for seven points down against South Africa, and it's Sorry, so right. frustrating to watch. It's so I frustrating to watch because, like, even I said, I mentioned to the you to this, uh, I mentioned this to you, tell for the time, but even the little kick he did for Adams, you saw a couple of tries later when Elliot Daly literally spiraled it out. And I think Adams went over for like his fourth at the time. It was like a, just a simple spiral pass, skip one man over. Finn Russell could have done the exact same thing, but he chose to chip it instead. And then the whole commentators ever just going, Oh, he can kick it to a bin lid. He's world class. It's like, I'm not being funny. A 15 yard pass achieves the exact same thing. Like, why is he not just doing that? There's also I, there's no guarantee Finn Russell gets the time or space to do what he did. Like, come on, they're playing the Sigma Lions here. It's very different playing the world champions. He'll not get the time or space. Can I can I as well say kicking it into a bin lid or kicking it into a bin is really hard. I, I was out there in the the first lockdown back home. Me and we brother Rory were out there trying to kick it into the bin. We must have set up the phone. We must be nine there for about four hours. Um, it is tough to kick it on a bit no, of lids. There's no doubt the talent is incredible and it's amazing to watch and it's really entertaining. But there's a difference between being entertaining and being necessary. And there's a difference between being effective and flashy. I don't think he's flashy. I don't think he's effective. And I don't think it's necessary. I think it's just there because yep. it's Finn Russell, the Maverick. Like you don't no, need to right. do all these things. Like it's, it's also, the moment where yeah. literally we had man over when we had man over and he kicked it for territory and obviously kicked out on the full and then starts laughing on camera. It's like you just play it wide or just kick it somewhere where you're not going to kick it out on the full. Also, like, he's so good got, at kicking. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And there's also that element where like it's not about, and we think we see this probably with England in the football. If you want to make a comparison, it's all about Gareth Southgate's system, not necessarily playing his best players. 
Um, I think that's the same with Gatlin. I think with Gatlin's system and what he's trying to do, I don't think Finn Russell fits that system per se. Um, and I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure I said it in the pod before, and I'll say it again, Finn Russell is a midweek player. Uh, congrats, mate, you're on the Lions tour, but uh, you're not starting a test. No, it'll be interesting. I don't think the teams, because there's not as many warm-up games, I don't think we can really grasp what the test team will be because usually he plays the test team a week before the test. So this is a midweek game, and then so it's hard to work out. But I'll put it, yeah, maybe next week we can start maybe to see if he plays like a full full strength team where you see a Marrow, a Connor Murray, a bigger, and you start to actually see a full spine. But I don't think we can make any calls we'll yet. Put it, you will put it this way: if Dan Bigger was to get injured, I don't know, snap an ACL or something, or get concussed again, bring him Johnny in. Sexton. Johnny Sexton comes is on the plane. And he won't start the tests. Like, there's nothing Finn Russell can do to start. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. That's incredibly harsh. Maybe I'm just being provocative. Right. For our we're anti Russell. We know this. We're anti Russell, and I hope he does something in these tests just to <laughs> just to do something. But we're yeah, if Finn, Finn, if you're listening, prove us wrong. Prove us wrong, and I'll happily be proved wrong. I'll happily eat my humble pie, but. Uh, but that's the thing. Anyone... I, I don't want to be proven wrong by him making three world-class passes. I want to be proven wrong by him not making a mistake all game. I don't care if he runs through, does a fake, and gets a try. Like, I don't care about that. It's not your role. It's not your position. Stop doing it. Just don't make oh, a mistake. This would be a good yeah. one to put on the YouTube clip. Yeah. <laughs> but um, if anyone actually wants that video of me kicking into the bin as well, just just let me know already. So on Twitter, Maybe you should put that up on a YouTube clip as well, Tilf. It's it's a very good ping. You should, like Harvey, you should you should edit it so that then it then jumps to him trying to kick it in the bin. <laughs> I will just kick it out of, out of screen and then we'll just path the ball going into the bin. But yeah, wrapping up the lines, I think um, just quickly before we do our predictions, I think Elliot Daly at 13, we've answered that. Gatlin sees him as a 13. Gatlin wants to play him as a 13. He brought him on at 13. He's playing at 13 again. Elliot Daly is a 13. If Elliot Daly wants to start in the tests, it will be a 13. I think... That's fair enough. And I don't think there's any real standouts. We've already mentioned Curry. We said I like, so Curry is a big I would, game. And Simmons is the other big one, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like we, we touched on Simmons. I would also like to say Ian Henderson is in with a real shout of starting if Alwyn Jones is not fit. I thought like, Henderson a captain ahead of Murray. I really but, did. But I think it goes back to that pragmatic thing of Murray's the only player that's basically guaranteed to start. It could just be a pr- pragmatic thing, but he should have made he should have made Hendo tour captain or something. Honestly, like I think Hendo starts at this rate, and it, 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 honestly, watch him on Wednesday. I think he's going to have an absolute stormer of a game. He's just a, he's a, he's an animal. He's a test match animal. We have said that uh, you went on the preview for that one, but I did say Hendo man the match against Japan. Like we'll say it every time Hendo plays, Hendo will always get on the match. <laughs> if we can do anything to make Henderson start in the tests, you know, like bigger or smaller podcast, then we're going to keep throwing that. But joking aside, like he is, Harvey, from non-biased point of view, Hendo captain in at number four. It looks like a Hendo Maro combo with Laws at six. Yeah, it does. Or Tyburn at six. Or Tyburn, uh, and do not really yeah. like Tyburn. You know, I think Tyburn Laws is still open to debate. Um, be interesting to see if Navidi could put his hand up today, but um, well, on Wednesday. But um, I'd also like to say I call Tyburn at six. Well, before he was even picked for the tour. So, something, something. You called up when he was playing for the Scarlets. <laughs> <laughs> no, I but think yeah, it's, yeah, I think Ian Henderson um, offers something very different in the sense that he's, I believe he's line out caller. Um, and as we record? always say, broken records, set pieces are everything. That's who you need in there. He's a, he's a, He's a similar mold to Alan Jones, so I think in that sense he has to play because I don't think any of the second rows offer that. Um, Maritos, you'll get around. He'll give you the dark arts and he'll he'll run around constantly. Energy, you give him. Tell me amount of minutes and he'll play that amount of minutes. Like, um, but Hendo's there is like like you said, kind of second captain of the side, the captain of the forwards is what I'd like to say. Um, and I think he's that's def- his role. yeah, he's definitely in the leadership group of that. You know, if you're if you're being made captain for midweek, you're clearly part of the leadership group. Uh, and that goes a long way as well. Um, and like you can just tell, like Hendo's the one that sets the standard in training. He's the one that, that brings the best out of those boys. Um, and yeah, he's in with a real shout. I'm expecting to have a big game, so I'll say. 
I always felt it was it was a bit not an excuse, but because of Alan and Jones, it always was shafted Hendo in Lions terms, whereas now that that excuse is gone. Hendo has a great chance of starting on all three tests. Just doing the predictions, boys. Uh, I don't feel it's really point in saying 30 by 40 points, by 40 points, by 50 points. We're all saying it's going to be a big win against the Sharks. I don't think it's going to be as big as the one against the Lions. I think the Sharks are a bit better. But I want to, I want you quickly just to say your man of the match in the backs and your man of the match in the forwards. It's mm, a good way to put it. It's a good way to do it. In your forwards and backs that put their hand up. I'll go first. I'll say in the back line, I think myself. Uh, I'm just going to go safe. I'm going to go Anthony Watson's going to say, remember me? And we'll all go, yes, Anthony, we remember you. <laughs> in, in the pack, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, Zach. Two tries for Sam Simmons. Sam Simmons, a few pick and goes everywhere. Um, welcome to the tour, Sam Simmons. So those are my two. But I think Curry could be very quick very on the tail Simmons there for the man of the match as well so if I'd just say I'm, I'm going to see it from the back row someone from that back row will get man of the match as well probably Simmons or Curry but I'm going to go Simmons if I had to say someone I'm going to say Elliot Daly has a big I know he's I'm going to say Elliot Daly has a point to prove he's going to channel that anger of being stuck playing Richmond and and Jersey and Cornish <laughs> Pirates and he's going to turn around to Gatlin and say I'm still here I'm available to play 13 um in terms of the forwards, same thing. Sam Simmons is going to have an absolute blinder. The camera's constantly going to be up against Toby Falatow's face every time Sam Simmons scores a try. Um, I'm expecting big things from Mr. Simmons. And I also expect Tom Curry to um, remind Hamish Watson that it's not over. So those are my two. Uh, you may have seen, um, this is audio only, obviously, but I massively agreed with Zach Shout there on Elliot Daly for the backs. I think Elliot Daly is really, really, really going to put his hand up. And I'm going as far to say he's going to start in the first test. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> he's starting the first test. It's a big, right? that's a big claim. I'm telling you right now. Um, so Elliot Daly is going to get man of the match outright. Um, and then my forwards, man of the match is going to be Luke Kowandicki. It's Ooh. his debut. He's going to be up for it. He's fired up. The anger of the Premiership final. Mm, he's going to go out there. He's going to be physical and he's going to get a couple of tries as well because he's going to go Simmons. No, lad, you're not picking it out at the end of the ball. It's mine, mate. It's mine. And he might even have a wee few, few pick and goes from five metres. You never know. Um, I know he loves that. So, yeah, Luke Gandicky. Great lines, preview boys. We could, do, we could do lines all day, but there was some other rugby we'll touch on now. So, in terms of the other test match, and I feel sorry for international tests because... You're making your international debut. It's no one cares. And yeah, no one cares. It's all about the Lions, but the rugby nerds watch them. I watched Ireland Japan. Nothing really got me excited. No one really got me excited. The only thing that I got excited about that game, I know Andy probably played quite a strong squad, so I know Chris Farrell's good. I've seen him play well. I know he's good. He scored a try, and I already know that. I would have loved to have seen a James Hume or someone new there in the centre. I know Jordan Lomer's decent. Would have loved to have seen Robert Balakun. Um, would have loved to have seen a bit more Craig Casey, started Gibson Park. These are the things that annoy me with Farrell. Um, and, and I just hope he just seen the Japan game as the team, as the game that you play your full strength side and the USA game as this week as the one where you start to experiment and play some new caps like England did. But um, nothing really other than what I was going to say was Joey Carberry back kicking his goals, general, looking good, bossing the pack around. I'm glad we've got our successor to Johnny Sexton, if he can stay fit, because he proved he got to a level which Billy Burns has never got to in his first game back. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, It's just great to see Joey Carberry back. I've always rated Joey Carberry. At one point, I did say he'd get on the Lions tour Uh, (laughs) back in the day. Uh, there's still hope you never know um but yeah it's great to see joey back fit it's just that quite it's just that if that if just always stands out if he can stay fit um yeah i don't know i know that michael laurie is also training with the uh with the ireland team um you know if i'm if i'm michael laurie i'm thinking or harry Byrne. You know, I mean, we're not just Ulster. Yeah, we want to see the young Ulster players. We want to see Human Balakun, but I also want to see Casey, Harry Byrne. I want I to see all the youngsters. I want to see them. I want to see what they if can do. If he doesn't, if he plays Gibson Park, 
against the USA, I swear I'll lose it. Like, I'm just going to lose it. I'll just refuse to watch it because I'm fed up. Like, Gisborne, like I don't care if you had to invest five years in the man so he could qualify under residency. That's a whole other conversation that I think should be had anyway. But, like, my word, when you have a capable young nine who is the perfect opportunity to get a bit of test match experience, it's not enough in training squad. They've been in the training squads. Uh, sorry, I'll not, I'll not talk anymore. We can move on. Harvey went on a Gibson Park run, and he's English. Gibson Park, man. I'm just like, no offense to you, mate, but just like, no, he's a good player. I'm. A good, he's a good player. Everyone, that's like, it's it's listen, like exactly. listen, I'm not saying anything wrong about you. I'm just saying we want to see KSA. I wanted 40 minutes. So each, it's exactly please. like what you. It's exactly what, like what you said before. You know Jordan Lama's good. You know Hugo Keenan's good. You know Gibson Park's good. We know they're international level. We don't care. No one's watching these things. Just stick Casey out. Just stick, like bring a bit of interest. Get Hume out there. Just make it fun. Make it intriguing. Who cares if you lose? It's a summer test. All it counts is for oh, we're ten unbeaten. Like that's the only thing it's going to count for. Uh, that, like, that's what. That's what. I, that's honestly, what I, think. Are, uh, I think that's four or five unbeaten. So I think uh, against like Japan. Yeah, and that, yeah, honestly, it's, it's cares, a joke. They're going to walk into the Six Nations and be like, oh, we're 10 unbeaten, we're in great form just because you played full-string teams against blooming summer test sides. Like, it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm with you, man. It's just... if uh, It's just like, what like what are you trying to achieve? By, you know what I mean? Like, what are you... Like, what, like honestly, like, what are you trying to achieve? Like, Hugo Keenan is quite fresh, the squad, and we know he's good enough. Those boys, if anything, could do with a break. That's what I was you thinking. Know, train a lot of the- and stuff like... Just give them a break. Give him a summer apart from, off. Apart from Henry Slade and maybe Sam Underhill, who were out, who were like England, obviously squad players for the summer test. Everyone else who is an England squad player who didn't get picked for the Lions has pretty much just been given a break. And Sam Sam Underhill's probably only been given it because he's returning from injury, and it could do he could do with the match sharpness. Um, and Henry Slade, you know, there might be other things behind that. Um, but the rest of them have all been told like Billy and stuff. Just look, lad, go have your summer. There's absolutely like if Billy Venapone was starting against USA, I'd have been sat there going, like, what are you doing? Like, why? Why? It's like it's Go literally home. like playing Jim Gibson Park. <laughs> you home, know he's Lord. decent. He's probably <laughs> not a starter. So that, that, for the USA game, all we're calling for is some new faces that we can actually see. Um, and I know a lot of them are Ulster men, and I don't care if I support Ulster, I'm calling for Ulster men to play. I want mon- new monster men, I want new Leinster men. It, it's also I want it's, everyone. It's a squad thing. You look in the England side, Blamir, the 23-year-old hooker from Newcastle Falcons, gets a charge down and scores his first try for England in an official cap. Like, he is over the moon. He probably didn't sleep. Like, he would have been that buzzing with that. And think about what that does for his confidence, not only for his club, but for his hopes for future, like, for the country. Like, that is just invaluable. Invaluable. Harry Randall, oh, right. like, his debut. <laughs> Harry Randall's just tearing it before, up. Uh, before we get on to the the England game um, what were your predictions this week do you think it'll be a big win against USA or a rotated side and a bit of a grind job I think it'll be similar to the England game I think Ireland will score a lot of tries USA will score a lot of tries and it'll be like a 40-25 this, this is the thing right I don't care about the predictions I don't care if they win I don't care if they lose I just want to see him starting just young players who haven't had a sniff of the Ireland squad because the player in their position is off with the Lions or whatever. You know what I mean? Just give them give them a chance. Like, just, I don't know. Uh, like, or even, like, why on earth would you start Billy Burns on the bench? Like, I don't get it. That's another one. Like, why well, would you do that? I, why? I don't think we should get too harsh because I think the USA <sighs> game is when he's bleeding them. And if uh, we'll he doesn't, like, we know. get angry next week. All right, boys, we get uh, angry. Sure, yeah, okay. You know what? Let's save it. Let's put a pin in it. Next week, we're going to rant. He's got two games. If he gives all the starters a game and then all the – so basically all the possibles and all the probables in the two games, I'm happy. And if he doesn't, then we can rant. So we'll we'll hold fire in the rant. Are we saying – are we all in agreement that Aaron should beat USA this week? Yeah. I mean, yes, they should. All right. That enough said on that. Moving on to England, who actually played USA. Shout out to Nick Savera, mate. Uh, I had you on the pod. You got on great, getting around the park, good in the line out. And Nick told us like, that you will see the benefits of the MLR. And I'll be honest, we did. Yeah, like, we did. They played some really nice rugby, scored some really nice tries. Luke Carty, 
didn't make it a corner. He's over there with uh, Matt Gato and Adam Ashley Cooper learning his trade, and it, it shows. First kick in international rugby, fifty meter penalty. Um, I took him like he can do it. And I actually think um, Cam Dolan had a really good game, the number eight for for USA. Yeah. I think he looked really good. As Telf always mentions, the eights are always good, no matter what side you are. The eight is always a good player. Um, but he had a really good he had a really good showing, in my opinion. And I thought I actually think USA, like you just said, Telf, they showed they actually have a bit of ability. Kept ball really well. Weren't just making handling errors non-stop. Played the ball, kicked it out, got it out wide. Like we're playing some really nice rugby, and they scored some really good tries. No like, idea. That, that, that for them is a about the B team, is it? Not idea. No, you yeah. want Andy to rotate when they actually look good. <laughs> but no credit to you, said you yep, look really credit. good. Yep. And I'm, I'm actually um, uh, when this gets posted, hopefully my articles out as well. I've wrote one on Eddie Jones's new generation, and Harvey. I just I wrote a line on it actually. I just want to run it by you. I said that the three players that stood out for me in the back line were Harry Randall, Marcus Smith, and Freddie Stewart. I said Freddie Stewart has now put himself in the plans for the next World Cup, but Marcus Smith and Harry Randall have put their plans for right now. And the next Six Nations, they both should be on the bench and Eddie Jones's finishers that come on, have energy, have speed, have pace, and finish the game. Well, or there's three things that six two split Dan Robson on the bench. I don't know. I don't know what there you are, want. There are, in my opinion, watching that game, there are three things, and seeing him across the season, there are three things that are certain in life: death, taxes, and Freddie Stewart grabbing a high ball. Like I'm not being funny. That man is an absolute <laughs> lightning under those balls. He was just leaping for everything. We were watching him, thinking he's a bit of like a Liam Williams mold in the sense he's not lightning quick. He's not going to jig and jive between everyone, but he's like a he's a Rob Carney in a way. Like he doesn't make a mistake. And he just looks so solid. And we've been crying out for that in 15 for England for years now. And I think it's sometimes been the weak point for us. Um, and I'd love to see someone like him with the with the composure, the just cool, calm, collected nature he seems to have playing in that 15 role. It'd be amazing. It'd be amazing to see. I'll be honest. I'll be honest, Telf. Like, I don't know if I agree with the Marcus Smith on the bench. I am, if I'm George okay. Ford looking at that game, I'm saying, George Ford, your international career is uh, is over. It's finished. I was trying to be realistic. I think Mark Smith should be starting, but for Eddie, I think you need to look at Harry Randall and Mark Smith now as finishers that can come on and create something if you need something. Like, look at that Wales game for Six Nations when they needed someone to come on and grab the game by the scruff of the neck and do something. And he brings I, I, agree. The idea I, agree. Of, I, I love the idea of Harry Randall coming on and not Willie Hines or Dan Robson. I just love that idea. Like Dan Robson's a solid nine, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But with his youth, his exuberance, the pace that man has, it just it's so nice to see. But he's also, and I said this in I said this when we were watching him play um club rugby for Bristol. Although they couldn't hold on to the lead, the one player in that back row that looked like in the backs for Bristol, who looked like he had a bit of composure, looked like he was controlling it a little bit more. And you I think you saw that for England. He can slow the pace down when he needs to. He can just hold up and go, boys, boys, just come here. Like, give me one phase. Let's go. Like he did it exactly at one moment. He um he wanted Freddie Stewart on the high ball. I remember it exactly. Freddie Stewart claimed for it. He was obviously in the ruck. And Harry Randall just goes, All right, boys, come on, let's just show us out. Literally pops it up. They obviously go one phase, Stewart's out, and then they can box kick and he executes a brilliant box kick and then Freddie Stewart's up for it. Like it's just controlling and orchestrating the game and someone at his age with all the attacking prowess he has to be able to show that composure and the mental side of things, I think is really impressive. And I think someone like him, like you said, as a finisher, particularly for the next couple of years before George Young, you know, before Ben Young's um, kind of ends his tether is really good. And then I could easily see him fitting into that mold. I actually thought Dan Robson was really good in the wing. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was really good in the wing. And that's the whole that's the whole six two split and the disadvantage at it. But yeah, it's annoying to say, Harvey. But we haven't said this for a year on the podcast. But I watched England and just wish Ireland were like that. Just yeah. their backline was like what basically an under twenty three backline with Randall Smith, Ollie Lawrence. I think, but not going to sing. Yeah, Freddie Stewart. They're all under 23, 23 or under. It's amazing just to see some young talent sprinkle them with a few people that need a bit of game time. Yeah. yeah, it's it's also, it's something that it's very exciting to watch, but we've also got to realise the position that England are in and the infrastructure they have. Uh, we were talking a little bit offline then about um, how 
how like USA and Japan could grow in the future because their infrastructure and because the amount of teams like MLR and stuff like that. Um, and I think that's where Ireland's downfall is. We've spoke about it previously on the pod with only having four provinces and only letting teams who, you know, players who will have international inspiration wanting to play for those teams. Um, you look at that side and you talk about those players that have stood out. Nearly every single one of them plays week in, week out for their side. Like Blamir, you've hardly heard of him, plays week in, week out for Newcastle Falcons. You've got Ollie Lawrence playing week in, week out as the main man for Worcester. You've got Marcus Smith orchestrating for the Premier League, for the Premiership champions. Like mm. you've got these players who might have been debutants. There's so many, deb- there's like nine debutants or something in that game. Um, but every single one of them has got Premiership experience, has got senior level experience and tons of it. Like, and I think that's the difference, even though they're so young, we've just got so much opportunity around the league with so many different yep. teams. And these players can just work at their trade, execute it to perfection, and then come into that England side and be ready to yeah. go. I think again, we're going into one of those pods in the zone pods with rugby infrastructure. I, it's a good yeah. point, Arby, because in the, the day, um, people, someone like Harry Byrne, who is our Marcus Smith, same age, um, is stuck behind Ross Byrne and Johnny Sexton and doesn't get any game time. We've had this debate hundreds of times, and it'll never change. And the day, England are a bigger country, we'll have bigger infrastructure, but there's definitely things Ireland could look to improve to get these younger players more game time so they can actually put their hands up more so we're not, me and Zach aren't crying on the podcast because none of them are playing. But Andy Fowler <laughs> say, lad, they've played about 20 pro games between them. Yeah. So it is fair enough. And I'm excited. Um. England got Canada this week. I expect more of the same. I expect a similar similar team and I expect a similar result. Um, hopefully the same for Ireland. And just a shout out to Canada. Good to see Peter Nelson uh, playing at Millennium Stadium. <laughs> Quite well. But uh, yeah, Wales put on a big score against Canada as expected. And again, seeing a lot of good Welsh youngsters coming through the ranks there. And they're a small nation. They seem to be giving a lot of youngsters chances. Um, so maybe that's a model you can look at. But then again, no, we, Ireland will say there club sides aren't very good so it rolls on and on and on um the final game that i want to talk about is new zealand tonga it's been it's caused a lot of controversy online um basically if anyone didn't watch it um will jordan scored five tries and new zealand won 102 nil against tonga and our good friend dan leo who we'd actually previewed his oceans apart doc tweeted and said Time to stop accepting these games when our squads are on when our full squads are unavailable and a little Tongan emoji. Tonga flag emoji. So he's basically saying that Tonga Tonga were not at full strength, so why try and play the fixture and make them look bad? But I get the point. Yeah, I get it. Um I think this is another conversation that you could just go down a rabbit hole in terms of everything going on i think world rugby need to seriously consider the changing to changing the um nationality rules um you see it with rugby league where uh, a lot of guys if you haven't played for your country for five years you can then switch and go back to the country of your birth um like right there tonga all of a sudden get absolutely quality players the piatai brothers the whole yeah, yeah, they start changing that a wee bit um do you see fekatoa's now tonga qualified so yeah if you... so you're getting a bit you're getting bits and balls but i just think we need to see more in order yeah. just because 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 the infrastructure is there for the states the infrastructure is there for japan and these emerging nations but then you have the nations which are I'm trying to think of the word which are de-emerging <laughs> i don't know emergings that are nations that are basically going away fiji maybe is the only one that's not you know samoa tonga these teams are just kind of they're just going away because they're just being absolutely screwed over that game helps no one doesn't help new zealand doesn't help tonga it It doesn't it's just why like why are they doing that um you know maybe new zealand need to reach like an international games quota or something i don't know it's probably something stupid um but yeah, there needs to just be more I of the discussion. Fact, we are starting to see it. Um, we are, we are, we are, we are. Just need Fegatoa, more. He last time he played for New Zealand was 2017, so he had to do three, I think it's three to four years not playing international rugby. Then you have to play for the Tongan Sevens team, which he did at the recent Sevens tournament, and then you become Tongan qualified. So it will be interesting to see if now Piotr, when he starts to come in around that three, four year mark, when he's been over. 
if then he will go and play for the sevens and do it that way. And then you can have two very good New Zealanders there who are obviously born and bred Tongans. And then hopefully then that will start. And hopefully Fekatoa is the pioneer because someone needs to do the first step and fair play to him for doing it because he's good enough to go back and play for New Zealand, but he's gone with, gone with the passion and his, his heritage. So it really also do goes, like that. It also goes full circle if you do that as well then, doesn't it? Because then the youth players coming through who see the likes of Piertal and Fekatoa playing for the national team will suddenly start thinking, well, what's the point in getting headhunted by New Zealand when I, you know, I can start playing for Tonga? But then I suppose the issue, it's such a rabbit hole, but then the issue is obviously you can't get to that level if you just play in Tonga because they don't have the infrastructure there. The whole reason why they go to New Zealand uh, in the first place is for education and facilities true. and everything else. Yeah, it's just um, this is rabbit hole stuff here, like this pod. So <laughs> many. I'd love, I'd, love so. To, I'd love to get someone like Dan Leo on and... Well, I'll try and reach out because someone like that to actually give us some insight into what it's really like as as a Pacific Islander and mm. the support that they get a bit like our Ollie STEM and championship podcast, where we just, we really hear stories that we've never heard of before and the support that he would want from them and stuff like that. It, it would be fascinating to hear. So again, it really is such a shame because they're just, they're a genetic farm of just purebred. Like it's amazing. Just the level and the physicality and the ability these boys have on a, you know, on a bare bones level to not make that into a rugby side is it's a it's a real shame yeah and they've they've said they've said before i've heard countless of players on podcasts saying that the best player in all their club sides has been the one or two pacific islander players they've had in terms of raw talent and yeah sometimes they might not be as focused and they might only be there for a year or two and then move away somewhere else and you do get some that are fully dedicated to clubs for a decade but a lot of them because they need obviously to support families and stuff having to move around so can't get that continuity at the same club but in terms of talent they usually they always say they are the best players and I know from my experience the ones we've had at Ulster they've always been the best we've had apart from the legend Ryan Pina it's true it is true but that's another podcast for another day and hopefully we can get that sorted down the line Um, but yeah boys enjoy the Lions on Wednesday and then again uh, on Saturday um, two big games Hopefully, two big wins. Two big wins for for the Lions. Uh, I can't see they're not being two big wins for the Lions. As we said before, it's all about the team sheets and who's going to put their hands up and names up. And hopefully, we're throwing out an hour worth of content that some stuff stick and we get some predictions right and we can just clip up and seem like podcast geniuses. But remember to give us a follow on spotify as always follow the instagram page at the tell for rugby podcast follow us on twitter at rugby tell make sure to like and subscribe on our youtube channel the tell for rugby podcast and we'll catch you next time cheers boys cheers, cheers.